is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast. Dan, one of your hosts here. No Brandon Busby, enjoying sun and fun in Miami. Not enjoying that though. Nick Verlaney, cold Midwest of Kansas, coming in, uh, coming in hot. Ready to ready with some takes. It's uh yeah yeah we're finally out of the the negatives which is good um and not in Kansas in Missouri Kansas City actually fun fact split down the middle by the Missouri River I'm on the Missouri side so that's pretty fun uh no one cares but um that is that's where we're at today and uh yeah I don't know we're gonna talk about I think a match um we'll see how it goes. You know, I'm not I'm not overly convinced that there was actual football played yesterday, but we'll see. Well, there was because we brought someone who was actually in attendance at Stamford Bridge. One of our lucky, favorite individuals, <laughs> Clayton Bierman, coming back on, bringing us the, the 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 view from the ground. Welcome back, Clayton. Good to have you. It's lovely to be back, guys. Lovely to see you. Uh, just to keep up the weather uh, report, it's mm. uh as we were discussing, we're, I'm just down the road from Kings Meadow, and it is a squally old day today. Uh, but yeah, no, great to see you, and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled, and I can't wait to talk about yesterday. <laughs> well, let, let's let's not uh, yeah. let's not over pepper the audience and uh, yeah. let them know about what they're getting into. Uh, we'll, we'll tenderize this a little bit first, uh, but we're going to be talking about Chelsea advancing in spite of a toothless attack. We're going to talk about the praise of the Spaniards who helped make. The win and advance happen, and then a few other just uh, items of note on the match and what uh, what's ahead this week, Club World Cup. And uh, before we do that, though, the pulse check, the temperature check, Nick Verlaney, let us dive into some three-word match reviews. Yeah, um, I feel like these were, were largely done out of uh, either immense spite uh, for the performance that was seen or had a real tinge of comedy to them. Uh, so you're going to see both of those kind of roll through uh, today, Mr. Thurman, Mr. Thurman straight out of the gate with it's pronounced Aretha giant balls, uh, giant balls. I don't know, whatever. He has big balls. Essentially, that's what he's saying. Um, FTCTK still so suboptimal. Uh, that is alliteration, folks. So that counts. Uh, Juro with better than man you by the skin of our teeth. Uh, Elizabeth Hellenic, what's up? Uh, Spaniards steal the show. Um Robert Hansen, Keppa is love at the bridge. Chelsea aren't fun. True. Uh, coach Burkoff wins or wins. Sure. That's a, that's a coach saying that. So, you know, there's like a, a halftime talk in his head right there. Uh, Arnie with Spainful to watch. <laughs> Damn it. That's actually really good. Craig Ledoux with lacking Argyle. And then Stephen Osborne with almost a disaster oh come on Stephen. i went pun heavy on these for you nick because i figured yeah. you know, you're reading them you love the puns there you disaster go disaster is, is pretty good spainful is pretty good i i wish i would have said mr thurman's better there, there was just a lot going on there anyway go for it well uh i went with defense does everything because why uh why have attackers worth millions and hundreds of millions of pounds when your defense can score um nick you had a a, a tasty one here too womp 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 that's well, i'm thought. glad you did that because like i couldn't actually understand what womp 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 was <laughs> <laughs> you need you need the dulcet tones to go with it clayton come on indeed 
Clayton, what was your three-word match review? Well, actually, I had a lot of fun with this because this is more fun than actually um, the game. <laughs> so I've got a couple. I've got Tammy's got 17. Ooh. Um, oh. I've got Get Well Tommy. Mm. And then I've got a multi-use one. Bring back Diego, forward slash Tammy, forward slash Livio. <laughs> Oh, all I, I all suffice. Those are all very good. Uh, Tammy's got seventeen. Is very good though. Very clever. Bring bring back under underscore 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 blank. You could just leave it blank and then fill in with yeah. the uh, the striker of your choice. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's do some three-word match reviews to get us uh, in the mood. Nick, we got a couple of quick gratitudes before we get into the match details here. You want to take us through those? That is correct, Dan. Uh, Sid Hassan from Malaysia, five-star Apple podcast review. Excellent work. Guten Pa Toilette from Norway, uh, another five-star Apple review. Rock Plane from the U.S. Rock Plains, that's a wonderful, I love that. Uh, that's a good pseudonym. Uh, five-star Apple review from, from the U.S. So look, you guys know the spiel. If you haven't, you know, if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, if, you, if the app is open and you haven't done this yet, that's just... There's an effort play to be made here. Just go tap the old five stars. Perhaps leave us a nice wordy review, uh, and we will read it out on the next show. In addition to that, if you're a Spotify user, as controversial as that can be these days, uh, 585 uh, five-star reviews on Spotify right now. We're cruising on that platform, uh, unfortunately or fortunately, however you feel about that. So uh, if you are on that platform listening uh, on the big green app, uh, just go hit the old five-star. There's no words to do there. It's just a five-star rating. Very easy, about one second worth of effort. So thank you very much to those who have done it. All right, so match details. It was Plymouth Argyle. It was this last Saturday, February 5th, 2022. It was the FA Cup at Stamford Bridge. Scoreline was Chelsea 2, 1 to Plymouth Argyle. It was Glefsey in the 8th minute, Aspilicueta in the 41st, and Alonso in 105 plus 1 getting the winner. There's not going to be a fist stand highlights because, uh, you know, it's half a cup match and that doesn't happen. So we're going to go straight into the lineup, Nick. Why don't you run us through who uh, Michaels put out as the starting 11? Because, again, uh, no Thomas Tuchel on the touchline due to coming down with a case of COVID. Yeah, we should mention that. I I, I was surprised to learn because he did the press conference, right? The virtual press conference early in the week. So, yeah, I was very surprised. I like you know, we we all woke up early in the states. We didn't have any idea that he was out. So, uh, really, hope he gets well soon. I know he's been pretty diligent about the whole COVID situation, so it's very uh, very difficult to see that. But uh, Keppa between the sticks, continuing his run of form, uh, which is good. Uh, it's been, you know, I think at the beginning of the season, I will just quickly say this about Keppa: we had a, we knew that this was coming, right? We knew the stretch of game was going to come. He's performed admirably through it, so really great for him. Uh, back four in this weird lineup card, although it transitioned about four or five different times throughout the match. Cesar Espilicueta, Andreas Christensen, Antonio Rudiger, and Milan Saar as your back four. Mason Mount, Jorginho Kovacic as your midfield three. And then Ziyech Lukaku and hudson Adoy up top. Substitutes, because you could use five here, which is a smart thing that the Premier League should have been doing all along. Uh, Mark Salonzo in, Timo Werner in, uh, Trev Chalaba back. Love that. Uh, Sal Niguez in, Kai Havertz in, unused subs. The boss, Barkley, Kennedy, uh, just a shame he wasn't used here. Teddy Sharman low, and, and Bentinelli, obviously not used as Keppa did all the, all the business today. 
so Clayton, uh, you know, you were there. You saw the lineup drop. What was the atmosphere and the the attitude when you saw? You know, this was portented earlier in the week that we were going to go with a strong lineup. But what was the reaction on the day? Um, personally, I was slightly disappointed, but I'd actually um, accepted the fact because I'd seen the uh, under twenty threes team the night before and all the guys that had performed so admirably against Chesterfield in the last round. Uh, we're all playing, so it was obvious that none of them are going to be on the bench. So I, I, I didn't really get it, um, and I, you know, I just thought it was a strange thing to do because uh, last two weeks they'd been off. We've got club championship coming up, and we haven't got a Premier League game for an, another couple of weeks. So I, I, I didn't really get it. Um, if it was to build on the momentum of the Tottenham win, uh, because there was only one change, uh, it didn't work. That Correct. Is, uh, is a great summarization of, uh, of some attitudes and moods. Uh, top line stats, brace yourself for this one. Chelsea, 41 shots total to 11 from Plymouth Argyle, 11 on target. That's right. Double digit shots on target to their five, 72% possession to their 28 um pass accuracy 86 there 59 15 total fouls for the blues to their four two yellow cards there one no red cards for either team seven seven offsides the majority of them happening very late in the game um to their one and then 22 zero corners to their five and nick is barely able to keep a straight face as i read through the stat line here because this is just a little ludicrous a little us yeah just a smidge you have 41 shots against a league one side and you can only manage 11 on target. It's fucking shameful. I mean, like, let's just be honest about that. That's it's absolutely ridiculous that you have the star power of a Lukaku of a Hudson, Adoy, of a Mount of a Ziesh, hell, even of a Kovacic with his uh, Renaissance that he's going through and nothing. I mean, we get 11 on target. I mean, the three of us could have had 11 on target. These cats should have had 41 on target against Plymouth. I mean, come on. It, like, it's absolutely crazy. And, and I think the offside is uh, something, the stat that we'll, uh, we'll talk about later. I will know. Shame. No XG, but uh, we do have one random stat from Squawka. So Plymouth have scored more goals, one in eight minutes against Chelsea, than Tottenham have managed in four games so far this season. So if you want at least a silver lining was, you know, bit of stat that you can throw at a Tottenham fan to make them feel even worse. Uh, there you go. That's your one. Nick Verlaine, do you have a uh, N-Pet shithouse moment of the match? Or? Uh, yeah, I will give Cesar Espilicueta credit for his backheel flick on this one because I think it was a beautiful goal and it was it was a little shithouse. It was a little like the reaction was kind of shithousey in the fact that we had just tied it up. So I'll, I'll give him that. I don't think there were any XBs though for this no. one, right? No, no. It was just kind of meh. So yeah, it'll be not not our favorite shit house moment of the of the year, but uh, still pretty decent. Uh, Clayton, any uh, shit house moment you might have observed during the match? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, obviously the the camera, the TV camera, only gets so much of the action. <sighs> I don't know. It, 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 is your shit house moment supposed to be good or bad? <laughs> I mean, I could I could pick a moment when our centre forward just basically looked like he just given up and was was sort of begging to be substituted because he was just lumbering around in the middle of the pitch 
Uh, but I mean, if you, if it's a good moment, then it's got to be the it's got to be uh, Kepa and his antics before penalties, which is something ah. which is introduced Ooh. between every single in all of the playoff uh, the penalty shootouts. He's in their face. He's walking up and down, and he's basically just become an absolute monster as far as that's concerned. Uh, I don't know who who's got into him and told him to do it, but whoever it is, hats off because he does it all the time now. I he's love got that. A, that's a good a one. Second career as a uh, a WWE heel in uh, in his future <laughs> after he <laughs> retires from uh, from football here. But we're gonna take our quick ad break, uh, get it out of the way, and then dive all into recapping. Uh, this monster of a match. But uh, yeah, thanks to the sponsors for supporting the show. We'll be right back. All right, we got a couple more pods coming this week. We got a women's match review, a huge win over Man Whoa. City to throw us onto the top of the table with a game in hand over Arsenal at the moment. Uh, a Tinkerman episode coming out, which is on recruitment, uh, given what we're about to talk about today. Probably very prescient of them to talk about. Club World Cup match review. Because that's going to happen midweek. And then uh, we got Matt Law coming in live from uh, Abu Dhabi to uh, give us the, the lay of the land. Talk about what's going on and the, the build-up to the final. But anyway, Chelsea winning in spite of themselves wasn't pretty. And Plymouth forced extra time. But Chelsea still advanced. Um, Clayton, it kind of felt like initially it was going to be one of those days. Multiple hits off the woodwork. It was not firing the attack. It, really, everything from the start just felt a little slow and that maybe the holiday was still on for uh for an extra couple hours for some of the players yeah i, I think twelve thirty kickoffs are, are not great you know for a start i think that's i'm just Agreed. gonna put that out there as a minuscule i mean i know for you guys it's what is it half seven half five in the morning or whatever or something ridiculous um so you can't even turn to drink um well you but, can you yeah. just be a lunatic i mean it's <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, I'll, okay, let, let's let's give a uh, a little nod to the fact it's half past twelve, which is possibly why we didn't start playing. But there was something wrong yesterday, and I know you very kindly invited me onto the podcast, and it's probably not what you want to hear. But I just couldn't actually work out what was wrong. I mean, you have a team there that was one player different to the team that that played Tottenham. Uh, as much as I'd like to think that Plymouth Argyle are a much better team than Tottenham, I don't actually believe that's the case. They were very, very well organised. Uh, they defended really well. On another day, you know, we hit the bar, the post, the bar three times before we scored. We could have been, it could have been Chesterfield, it could have been 4-1 at half time. You know, so I, I think in that regard, I'm going to let them get away with the first half. But then, I don't know, it just meandered. And I don't know if we're going to come on to this, Nick, but to, to me, and it's the whole season, and I'm not just signaling, uh, singling out um, the, uh, the, the, uh, the big man up front, but it's just a complete lack of creativity sometimes. I know mm -hmm. if you're saying there's 41 shots, but you can't actually, for me... There's no clear chances. You know, if you, if you think about Lukaku, okay, ball control is, is dreadful, but no balls over the top for him to run onto, which is what we what he's there for. To me, it's just indicative of the whole season. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm going to put this out there, but I just think Christian Eriksen would have been such a clever little move for us. Mm. I really do. Yeah, it, it is fascinating. I mean, your your point about hitting the post, I think we have to be, 
you know, if we're going to present the negative side of the argument, which I will do in a second, uh, the positive side is, yeah, I mean, we certainly could have had a more comfortable day, right? The flip side to that, though, is in the crucial moment, this team flounders more often than it succeeds. And it's, you know, the Hudson Adoy chance. Hit, hit it down. What do you do? Like, you think you're going to hit a bullet header into the roof from that angle? Like what down, like you work on this in training every week, you know, it's, 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 it's the little, little details for yeah. a, for a manager who seems detail obsessed that I can't, I can't make out. I can't get my head around. And it's, you know, I don't know if the message has become stale or the messenger has become stale or the players are simply not capable of focusing in the, in the last crucial moment but it's it's maddening because you know i don't know if you're at the juventus home game clayton but i think that's the best we've played in the last five years and you've seen us do that and then you've seen us do what we did yesterday and that's and and again there are of course a couple key omissions in that squad from yesterday both fullbacks uh being those those omissions right but it is it just is night and day it's jekyll and hyde I, i don't know how this team can play so poorly in the second half when there's everything to play for. It was like when they were down one nil, all right, we'll, we'll go for it. And then we're tied. It's like they won. Like they had a mentality, like they were just going to go walk it. Like the other guys get paid too. <laughs> like, what do you think uh, is going to happen here? I don't know. It, it is, it is incredibly frustrating. It is. It seems to me, Dan, that it's, it's detail. It's it's focus. It, you know, it's it certainly can't be talent if you look at the squad that was out there yesterday. Like it, that can't be the problem. I I don't know the origin of the quote, but it was a quote my high school English teacher used to also happen to be the baseball coach. But he always talked about a uh, hard work beating talent every time when talent doesn't work hard, and uh, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. very much indicative of the effort that uh, I think. Again, I, I do think there's a credit to the Plymouth Argyle side for the way that they played. And look, they were also the beneficiary of some really poor defending in the box uh, for the initial goal. And uh, they also apparently uh, had the beneficiary uh, were the beneficiaries of the post and crossbar being larger in this game than it is typically. So, I mean, look, <laughs> it does slice both ways in that regard. Um, I mean, Arno Michaels came out after the match. He talked about that we had 60 minutes where we could lead through one many opportunities, crosses from the side and touches in the box. So he did kind of hit on the point that Clayton was making uh, and that you kind of reinforced Nick that, yes, like we definitely had enough volume of chances to potentially produce a different result. And I think maybe digging into. I was not nah, go, go for it. Cause this is the most interesting part of it for me. The where I'm going to take this is that like, we have the volume, mm. but they're not always great shots. Um, and you know, you look at who we got them from today. You, you got 41 shots in total, 11 on target, uh, highest was uh, Hakim Ziyech with eight. And then you had ones from Rudiger, Werner, two from Jorginho, two attempts on target, <laughs> uh, not just trying to pass it uh, you know, around the net, but trying to hit it into the back of the net. And everyone in between. Everyone had some contribution of shot today, uh, which I think is the interesting piece here, Nick, is that there's, there's so many who tried, um, but very few either tried and then got it on target, or if they did got it on target, actually get the goal. 
Yeah, a couple of really key call-outs here. Uh, Hakim Ziyech, eight shots, two on target. That's awful. Uh, stop that immediately. Cesar Espilicueta, seven shots, three on target, led the team. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk about him leaving and, you know, for, for you know, only he knows, right, if it's going to be the right decision. If he's not on the field yesterday, we lose. And, and not because he scored the goal. Obviously, I think a goal would have come at some point, but he gave it a real effort yesterday. <laughs> he was everywhere uh, trying to get this team into some sort of position to win. The most shots on target of any players are right back, uh, followed by Ziyech and Alonzo, who was on the field for 14 minutes or whatever. Uh, Romulo Lukaku, two shots, one on target. Don't even remember him. Kai Havertz, two shots. Should have been two goals. Offsides. Werner, disaster. Uh, you know, I, this, this, is, uh, this is poor by any measure. And the fact that you're right back, Clayton, is the one uh, marauding and leading the charge is uh, typically not where you want to live unless Reese James is playing kind of that hybrid wing back thing that he was doing earlier in the season. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I sort of love your your stuff with um, with Matt Law. It's, it's, it's top quality stuff. And one of the things that he was basically saying, I think maybe in the last one that you had, was the fact that one of the problems with us has been over the years is that we haven't got rid of the players when we should have got rid of players. And there's always a moment, isn't there, in a game or a series of games where you personally are thinking, is is that it for Cesar? Has has he, you know, is is this is this gonna be it? Is you know, Reese is gonna ease him out and et cetera, et cetera. We are just a better team when he's on the pitch. I mean, if you, as you say, if he wasn't there yesterday, who is that? Who's the driving force? Maybe Rudiger, but in in his own sort of manic way. But who is picking that team up? Who is basically driving that team? I mean, you know, when all said and done, the two goals that we actually scored were were at were just quality, were absolute quality. But why can that not be replicated? You are, you know, you talk about. I mean, the thing that I don't know whether it came over on the TV yesterday, but one of the things that was was absolutely hysterical was from about, I don't know, 50, 60 minutes in, the, the crowd is chanting, Timo, Timo, Timo. Why? I mean, okay, yes, I, as, as somebody sent me a tweet back, you know, it was to replace Romelu. Well, Romelu was never going to come off yesterday because we needed goals. And as much as he looks way off the pace, and he does, you know, and then Timo comes on and his first touch is, is a chest. He's, he's played a perfect ball in the area. And he, you know, there, there was there was a, a famous old manager who basically um, got disgrace, who sort of left public life in disgrace, a, a guy called Ron Atkinson. Um but one of the things, one of his greatest quotes was he was describing a player with a bad touch and he said, he can trap the ball further than I can kick it. So, it, you know, and I don't know what's happened to Timo. Timo hasn't been on the pitch for a while. Okay, I get that rustiness. Same with Kai. I get that. And I, I, was, I was absolutely bemused as to why the two weren't 
didn't start yesterday because I thought they should have started, you know, just give them game time. I thought now, Kai now was you okay. Know. Now you know. Up to a point. <laughs> but, you know, it, we have a history. Sorry, I'm babbling on a bit, but we have a history of having players who we so desperately want to succeed, you know, and they're all forwards and they're all not right. And something happens when they walk through the doors of Stamford Bridge and they are legion. There's loads of them. There's loads of them from, you know, before you guys were born or when you guys were, you know, in nursery. I can ream them off, you know, the Suttons, the Flex. You know, it, it, it just happens. I don't know why. And maybe Timo was never that player. But all you have to do is you look at YouTube and you look at what he did before he came to us and you think, where's he gone? You know, when he plays for Germany, where has he gone, Dan? Where's he gone? Ollie, we have to give Ollie Glanville a shout here because we were messaging with him uh, as we, as we so often do. I think he has the 40 million pound rule, Dan, that Chelsea is not allowed to spend more than 40 million pounds on a striker anytime moving forward, because clearly what we're doing up top now with the hundreds of millions of pounds that are on the field at the end of the game, it ain't working. So that's the rule. I, I like the rule in theory. Why not? Uh, the rule in theory is interesting. Uh, I, I will say uh, not to not to dig too much into it, but uh, if you're looking at contributions for the season, right? So Jorginho is still our leading scorer uh, across all competitions with nine goals, uh, one assist. Mason's not? Really? No. Yeah. All, all competitions now. Is it, uh, isn't Conor oh. Gallagher our leading scorer? <laughs> oh, uh, probably. We can't we can't count him yet. He's uh, unfortunately okay, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Lukaku with eight, uh, Mason with seven goals, uh, eight assists. So total goal contributions. Mason uh, is leading. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, fair uh, enough. Then then it is Hakim Ziyech with six goals, four assists. Uh, Timo Werner six goals, two assists. Um, so six hundred minutes between Lukaku and Werner, and Werner still is on the same goal contribution level. Um, and, you know, we, I know we talked about like, oh, you know, Chesterfield, right? Like anybody can score against Chesterfield. Apparently not everybody could score against <laughs> Plymouth Argyle uh, because we had hundreds, uh, 200 plus pounds of striking options on the on the pitch and nobody could kind of walk away with it. I, I think though, and I know, you know, Clayton, you were talking about like uh, no crosses into the, you know, over the top or the box to kind of head in. I mean, I, I don't know if Lukaku had the movement forward at times to even take advantage of those when he was getting into the box. I think the the replay of the Mason cross or the ZS cross mm. into the box where he was he was so slow in his pounce on it that he was behind where the ball was and it would have been a Tammy Abraham style tap into, you know, that would have been just the, the, the trademark. Um, you you bring me, up an interesting player, Dan. Uh, <laughs> Tammy Abraham, if I remember correctly, was quite successful in the FA Cup. Um, that's interesting. Anyway, sorry. A, a man for the competition. Um, but it, it's, it's just really, I think, to me, the amount of buyer's remorse Chelsea has right now for going after Lukaku from the quotes from the interview from the performances that have followed is I would imagine behind the scenes is pretty high 
even if externally we are trying to paint this narrative of that like reconciliation has happened, there is a path forward. Lukaku will maybe not start to you know reference Inter uh, you know again. Uh, I I don't know. I just feel like we we we've bought um, it, it's 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 buyer's remorse. It's huge buyer's remorse. More more than just for him. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, look I'm look saying, across the board. In terms I mean. Of, cost and recency though like that is probably where in the summer you could have kept the attackers we had um oh sure and then yeah, yeah another area yeah. of need and we would have been a more competitive side than we are today i mean right now if, if you were going to be as harsh as humanly possible you'd get rid of five of them out of the seven and the you know we talked about this a little bit in the midweek in the, in the mailbag clayton you probably keep Ziyech. You're not going to get a ton back for him at this stage, like from a sale perspective. And he does add something that's a little different. Although in three months time, it could be, you know, the narrative could have completely switched and he could be back on, on terrible form, whatever you just don't know, but you're, you're definitely keeping Mason. You're definitely going to keep Ziyech just from like a sale perspective. The others, I, I mean, I think they're all, they're all on the block if, for me. I mean, I, that whatever 30 minutes yesterday was the worst 40 minutes maybe uh, I've ever seen Timo Werner look and he's looked pretty bad before I was going to say that's a that's a tough competition it that's, is that's, that's, that's a bald man fighting over a comb I mean that's really <laughs> you know that that's I, I he was horrible though I mean he was absolutely horrible it was hopeless. It was absolutely hopeless. And, I, you know, it's, it's very easy for us. We're not professional footballers. We don't know what goes on. Uh, but ultimately, physique? you know, you Come either on. want to play for the club or you don't want to play for the club. One of the things I think that is, is a massive, massive problem and is possibly why we've played the same side is the fact that it switches. You know, you need to have partnerships. You need to know how people work and you need to be on the same page. Now, there was something which you might not have seen um Yesterday, uh, the, the the move where Kai should have cut the ball back to Ziyech. I can't remember whether that was the second half or the second half of extra time. I mean, it all merges into one sort of gloop. Um, but Ziyech was so annoyed that the ball wasn't crossed to him. Havertz was absolutely desperate to score yesterday, and, and you saw that. But then in the next move... Ziyech shot when he should have squared the ball to Havertz and he shot because he was angry because, you know, it was about him and it wasn't about the team. And I don't know if there's friction between the players. I don't perceive that to be the case, but there was person, you know, there's no chemistry. There's no chemistry between any of them. And that, that for me is the problem is the fact that they don't consistently play with one another, yeah. you know, would Romelu look better if he played in a two? You know, if Havertz was next to him. I don't know whether in the Club World Championship, if we manage to scrape past the semi-final stage, um, we'll have a bit more experimentation. But the bottom line is, I think that there's a lack of chemistry and there's a lack of those little lovely killer balls. Although, to be fair, in the last couple of games, you'd have to say that Hakim has, has really sort of upped his game and, and some of the balls he plays are just filth they're yeah. just fantastic I, he, I was, he contributed 120 minutes um across the mm -hmm. competition and 
you know, like, was chasing people down still, was, you know, trying to, I, I mean, I think outside he of... He looks uh, more fit, to be fair. He does I mean, look more fit. He looks more match-ready. I, I think, you know, he tends to me, to me to be a, like, consistency player. If he's getting minutes, like, we will get something out of him, but I don't think he can start and stop the same way Nick as potentially others can kind of get back up to speed a little quicker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's, he's not your Iron Man, for sure, but... Uh, one thing I was going to pick up on for, for from your point, Clayton, is that if you think about the the times, and let's remember the good times for a second, huh? Um, mm. Winning the Champions League, going on deep cup runs last year, you know, kind of eking out top four from 10th place, right? Yeah. The times in which the team scored goals more freely is when there was selfless play among the front three, making runs for yeah. each other, occupying space to allow the other guy to move. It, you know, Mason doing the Lord's work and pressing, turning the ball over up high, right? Like all of those little things, the the stuff that made this team lovable, right? Because they were giving it a real go. They were, you could see the effort, you could see the intensity. A lot of that has faded. Um, and, and I know the discussion is largely around, well, how do you get the ball to Lukaku's feet so he can score because he spent a hundred million pounds on him? And it's a fair enough point. I, you know, I think the the crew on ESPN yesterday over here made the point that I'm not sure that's the best way for Chelsea to play. I'm not sure that getting the ball to Lukaku's feet in the exact right area is the best way for Chelsea to to win games. And I think the argument is is now at the at this point in the season, this crucial point. Do you revert to the thing that got you where you are? Right with the with different personnel and just say, hey, we're gonna work on this Lukaku thing in training, but we got to win matches right now. Or do you persist with this guy up front who at times doesn't look interested? I don't know the answer to that question. Like that's for Tuchel and his staff to figure out. But it was a really you know it's a compelling case either way, right? Because clearly what happened yesterday was not anything to write home about. So. Well, let's think about something that is, you know, I think we've we've talked ad nauseum about uh, the problems in this. More match. negative, Dan. More. No, no. I we're going to go more. in as a positive because there, there are definitely some people worthy of praise yesterday. Uh, we did drop some on Dave. So if we want to go back there, give some praise for the Spanners, we were more than welcome to do so. But as referenced earlier, uh, I, I think Keppa probably deserves uh, the largest serving and helping of praise uh, in this match for how he continues to uh, really just uh, excel to the moment and continue to be just otherworldly when it comes to facing penalties. Uh, I, I know uh, as a uh, resident stand-in for our keeping expert, uh, Brandon Busby here, Mr. Bierman, um, uh, you, you're quite fond of uh, the resurgence of one, one Keppa and how he's done here. I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled. Um it's it's an extraordinary extraordinary comeback lazarus like comeback um from where he was to where he is is just i don't know who's done the work but hats off to them because this is amazing i don't know if you can cast your mind back to the beginning of the season i don't suppose any of us could this is a period of the season uh, with Edu off to the AFCON, this is a period we were dreading. We were looking and saying, oh, we're playing City away, we're playing Tottenham at home, we're doing this, we're doing that. You know, we've got all these huge games. And 
do you, did you give it a second thought or do you give it a second thought now that, that he's the man in possession? He looks a different, different goalkeeper. There was a moment in the second half, again, I can't know the second half of what. Uh, it was one, but, but basically he ran out. He was a sweeper keeper. It was a brilliant piece. He was mm-hmm. on his toes and he, he intercepted and it was a really good piece of goalkeeping because, you know, when you play in a game and you have literally nothing to do, to, to actually maintain that concentration is, is very, very special. And, you know, for all his shithousery on the penalties, he's, you know, you still got to save it. You can do whatever you want. Uh, I would imagine that the poor guy from Argyle was just, you know, beside himself afterwards. But and it wasn't the best penalty, but it was still a decent penalty. Um, and, and Kepper has, you know, whilst I don't particularly want to see him go because of how well he's done, he's put himself back in the shot window. And you'd have to think that if anybody is looking for a keeper out there, certainly Spanish clubs or what have you, then he's actually that, I know the, was it amortization of his, his price, although it will be a lot lower this summer than it was from the 70 yeah. million. You know, you, you're looking at a 30 million pound goalkeeper there. I would think 20, 30 million pounds. And you'd have to think that on the Chelsea books, he's possibly down to 40 this summer. And yeah, good luck to him. And I, I'm, I'm so pleased for him as a person because to go through what he went through for whatever reason, Nick, you know, how, how do you come back from that? Well, there's your example. He has come back from that. Yeah, hard work. I mean, that's what it is. And, you know, maybe a different staff who's doing some different training stuff with him. I mean, it, it's entirely feasible that there's a lot of factors at play here. I think the interesting part if you're Thomas Tuchel is in these cup competitions now, whether he starts or not, I think Tuchel has it in his mind to keep a sub just in case, right? Not use your three yeah. because the, if it goes to penalties, you have this weapon now that you can deploy like the Netherlands did in the 14 world cup and, and all that. So it, it is a really fascinating uh, I think good problem. There are many bad problems at Chelsea. This is a good problem where you have to figure out the the right game for the right goalkeeper. Now, Mendy is going to start the minute he gets back. He's an absolute monster and deserves to get his spot back. But certainly, we we continue to progress in the FA Cup. That's you know, in my mind, kept his competition to own. Um, might start him in the Carabao Cup final too. I'm not sure. Uh, but I think, Dan, the, the point that I would make is, you know, depending on if you have five or three subs, Tuchel has to understand that this is a, a potential scenario and is going to deploy him like he did in the Super Cup, you know, for, for those moments. Well, he, ta- he talked about it after the Champions League final and the interviews that came after is that they would have subbed Kepa on if it came down to that. And so mm-hmm. what better vote of confidence in your manager coming out uh, on multiple occasions publicly to just uh, espouse praise on a specific skill set or ability that you bring to the team that 
you know, in world football, there are not many goalkeepers who have this type of record when it comes to saving shots, you know, in in penalty shootouts. And particularly, I mean, like you think about maybe Emmy Martinez has kind of had some similar levels of success and also shithousery as well. Um, But he loves a bit, doesn't he? (laughs) He does. (laughs) But uh, uh, Naz had the comment that Kepa stopped or seen seven penalties missed this season, also has six clean sheets in 12 matches, conceding just eight goals in total. And that's also been with some different individuals and different look defenses because I think we have given maybe credit more so to system previously that, you know, Tuchel's built a really great system, high possession, low shots on target. So, but yeah, I think you also have to be equal to the shot you receive. And, you know, Kepa also made some good saves. Also had that, I, I think, Ederson-like ball he played forward into, like, momentum where I'm like, oh, this is going to lead to a goal. Like, this type of... That was the habits. That was the habits. That came from Kepa's ball. That that was just that more of that. Like that would be lovely to see if we have a, if you have attackers who want to run onto it, it would be a a really exciting thing to see. But just in general, very, very good. uh, Good day out for Kepa. Uh, Good to see Marcus Alonso at a goal contribution. Uh, Anything else we want to talk about the Spaniards or do we want to get in a couple more? Start Alonso up front. Until further notice, I, I'm dead serious about it. I would rather have Timo Werner playing on the wing where he can't do any damage to us up front than uh, the other way around. I think they're probably better suited for the reverse role right now. Um, I mean, that was Alonzo's weak foot, and it was perfect. I mean, you, honest to God, I think if there was a shooting competition at Chelsea, he wins. I just think he wins. I like. I think him and Ziyech are probably up near the top. I think Mason would do quite good. I don't there's think a certain, uh, there's a certain fullback you're forgetting. Who? Rich James. Mr. James. Oh. He might be up there. Oh yeah, that damn. <laughs> See, he's not. He's not been. The wingbacks haven't been the team. Chilwell would probably be up there too, right? Like, I think both of them yeah. have pretty clean strikes. Yeah. No, no, I, th- I think. I think Marcus is uh, a, again. You know, a bit of a resurrection. I mean. He, he he was perfect yesterday when he came on. I thought it was a really bright substitution. Perhaps mm. I don't know whether uh, Andreas was injured. I don't know if there's any word, but I, I you know we we all thought what a good idea because the problem with Saar, apart from his lapse of concentration, I, I blame my mate who basically said to me at the beginning of the game, he's looked really good, hasn't he recently, Saar? <laughs> and it's like yeah. And at the end of the game, he said. I shouldn't have said anything, should I? Um, but the the one thing that was glaringly obvious in the first half was that every time the ball went to Saar, the distribution lets him down, which is fine. He's a defender. You know, not every defender's uh, you know, got great distribution. Um, we have been so, spoiled yeah, there I mean, by was, some uh, of our defenders, it, though. It was a great substitution. But again, as I say, I mean, Pat's Christensen has said a star. I don't know. It's a it's a shame for Christensen too because I actually thought he looked pretty good in the first half. I mean, I know the the goal obviously goes in. That's a mark against every one of the defenders on that set piece. But yeah, but unfortunately, good. you know who got beaten in the air, don't you? Yep, <laughs> for the goal. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So look, I, it, it is. Uh, he looked like he was reading the game well. I mean, he looked like he had like stepped back into a little bit of form. Uh, I mean, the the other positive thing here i know these are not spaniards so we're off of dan's spaniard themed uh section of the script but that's okay ole let's go <laughs> uh ole uh trev Chalba coming back on the team is fucking huge i mean it is 
It is absolutely huge. I, you know, we were talking in the midweek, Clayton. I don't know if you agree with this or not, but the, you know, the Jules Kunde thing just won't go away. So we just, you know, pretended like he was in the team and where he would rank amongst our current set of uh, of center backs or defenders, however you want to classify him. And I think Trev Chalba would start ahead of him right now, if if on form. I think he has turned in an incredible uh, performance this season. And yes, he doesn't cost as much money and maybe money talks at the end of the day. It's clearly talking up front. But I I think Tuchel loves Trev Chalba. As I say, what's not to love? I Yeah, I, d- I don't know enough about Kunde. I've not seen enough about Kunde to, to sort of know why we're so obsessed with guessing him. I know that, I, I know that he hasn't got perhaps the physicality and the height uh, of the guys that we've got there now, but um, they obviously want him. Whether it's his versatility to play in various positions, I think that that might be. Uh, and he's relatively young, but yeah, no, Chev's going. Uh, Trev's going nowhere. He, he, he's uh, fantastic because he hasn't been there for so long. You sort of forget about how good he was and how good he's been. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, he's uh, and we've tied him down, haven't we, to a contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that he's not the only defender that's on one right now. at the end of this season as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he's definitely one of the, the best things to happen this season. A real sort of, you For know, sure. and from nowhere. That's the thing, isn't it? All these other players that we thought were going to be breakthrough and nobody, but nobody saw this coming. So, yeah, no, he's a huge, huge plus. Well, uh, that kind of rounds out the major talking points of the match. I mean, we could, you know, talk about VAR and the possible red card that could have existed in this game nick if you want to go into it because i know you love talking about video assistant referees and you know how the game is legislated by the way that referee yesterday was was appalling (laughs) appalling how really really poor how is it i'd be interested in your views because basically on on that on the habits uh potential red and sending off etc because from where we were we're right down the other end we looked and it looked like a little bit of a pull, but I've only seen it once, and it looked uh, something and nothing, to be perfectly honest. It, it was a full-on, like, rake back. Oh, like, okay. it, it was, yeah, it, I mean, when I saw it um, initially, I was like, oh, that's a that's a red. Uh, like, yeah. he's throw-on goal, right? Like, I mean... No one, there, I mean, there wasn't a defender in the, in the TV frame that we were yeah. looking at, and... I, I was like waiting for for the big crowd swell to happen and there to be a red card shown. And what did he give him a yellow or is it just a foul? Dan, I just forgot. A foul. He didn't give anything. It was just yeah. a foul. He gave nothing. Unbelievable. He didn't give a foul. It's the, the the play just went on. There was no free kick. There was nothing at all. The play just went on. And we know that Mike Dean was uh, the VAR referee yesterday. Uh, so, uh, that's the comforting part, though, Clayton. That's the yeah. comforting part. Um, yeah, no, I, I, it was clearly a, a penalty by Saar. I looked, you know, there, there were five different angles shown. It was just a clumsy challenge. I think he was tired, you know, and, and it was a deserved penalty. I mean, they, they kind of grew into the last 15 minutes of the game after struggling for a little bit. And, you know, obviously, Kepa. Th- this thing, goes back but, to what you were saying. I don't know how evident it was. But to me, the minute we scored the second goal, that was it. We just we stopped attacking. We just mm-hmm. sat back, which allowed them to come back into the game. It was just like, oh, we've got another goal. We're, we've won this. Yeah, there, there's that like 
I like the um the arrogant attitude when you're playing well. Like you're not like there were times last year where, where Chelsea walked out on the field and I think Thomas Tuchel could have looked at the opposing manager and said, you're not, you're not, there's no chance for you today. <laughs> like not a chance. You're even going to get a shot on target. Like we had multiple games where there wasn't a shot on target last year. I yeah. like that when you're playing well, I do not like it when you're not playing well. Um, and, and they, they're trying to fake it till they make it. I mean, it's just a horrible attitude to have. And it, Clearly impacted us. I mean, that's it's bad right now. Well, thinking about this match as it relates to the week ahead, where we have Club World Cup, we're looking to add that last remaining Infinity Stone or the last trophy to our cabinet that we uh, we need to fill out the collection here. How has this match helped or hurt your individual confidences for how we will do in uh, in the Middle East this week? I felt better about the team. I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what kind of trick question you're asking here, Dan. But uh, I, I mean, I, I think an ass kicking is what they needed yesterday. I mean, it. There are a bunch of Plymouth Argyles in this competition we're about to enter. Right, one of the Plymouth Argyles will make it through to the semifinal, and will likely play another Plymouth Argyle somewhere in the final if we are so fortunate as to make it. It's. They need to get their ass in gear. I mean, they cannot show up to a match just believing that their talent is going to scare the other team into submission. Like, that's just not going to happen. Everyone knows that we have faults and weaknesses right now, Clayton. That's kind of my point of view. And until they uh, get rid of those, uh, everything's uh, up for grabs. Uh, so to answer your question, I think it's helped because basically if they were going to be complacent because they were playing another Plymouth Argyle, in the in the semi-final, which is, I suspect, the level of the team that we're going to play against. They just have to think back three days and think, we can't go into this with any complacency. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's helped us. I, I uh, desperately want to win this thing just to get the monkey off the back, uh, mm-hmm. get it done. We know that it is absolutely meaningless for all intents and purposes other than when we sing we've won it all we really will have won it all (laughs) and um just just do it i mean yeah i mean were they rusty two weeks not playing rusty professional footballers really i just like you said that there wasn't enough fight there wasn't enough what have you whether it was because tommy t wasn't on the touchline i don't know that might have had an impact um if he's barking at you. Mm. Uh, you know, Callum was as woeful yesterday as he's been for a long time. And you have to wonder, because Callum unfortunately plays on the wing where Mr. Tuchel stands and Callum knows when he's not playing well. Mm. He gets told on numerous occasions when he's not playing well. And maybe yesterday, that's why he sort of ran the ball straight out twice. You know, uh, he's just a very, very strange performance i don't know i yeah i, I think it's going to help um let's hope the sun like they get in the sun, a little warmth maybe a, it feels like preseason again maybe they can reset you know i don't know ross I, barkley scoring the winner <laughs> <laughs> how is that man still at the club uh, our, 
All right, well, uh, Dan in the match here. Uh, look, I put three options because I couldn't really come up with a fourth one. Uh, Dave, uh, Z- Ziesh, and Keppa. Keppa won 53% to Hakim's uh, 32 and Dave's 15%. Uh, looking back over the weekend, though, there were results. There oh, wait, were can I just many- say, yeah. that is the most recency-biased poll of, like, all. Like, Dave is clearly the man in the match yesterday. It's ridiculous to even surmise otherwise. Get out of here. All right. Well, uh, your your dissent has been lodged, and uh, we will move forward For, here. Formal but, appeal. <laughs> yeah, formal appeal is denied. Uh, mm. Look, we had we had other results too. Middlesbrough beating Man United on penalties. We had on a handball Ham. goal. Let's West go. Ham, unfortunately, uh, killing some <sighs> dreams. Uh, Man City flying ahead four to one. Uh, Norwich beating Wolves, which was uh, maybe a little surprising. Whoa! There. I didn't see that. There were there were lots of results. Any other ones of these that stuck out, to Clayton, to you in terms of just uh, surprise results over the weekend? No, not really. But the the one thing that uh, I sort of on Friday night, it was uh, sort of I was sitting there watching the extra time in the Manchester United game. I hadn't watched any of it, and and sort of I just tweeted out there: Is anybody else watching this garbage? Because they just want to see Manu go out on pens. And as I was sitting there yesterday deep into extra time when it was still one all I was thinking mm, karma's a very strange thing isn't it uh, and there's going to be a man new fan tweeting is anybody else watching this garbage because you want to see Chelsea <laughs> go out on pens because it looked like it was going to happen at one stage it was just anyway yeah so no not really um the the, the sort of uh just looking at it, I mean, Spurs dealt with Brighton quite easily, which was a bit of a shame. I, I, the, the one that I completely missed because obviously I was at our game was the fact that West Ham managed to scrape by oh. an on-league side in the last minute of full-time and the last minute of extra time. Yeah, that was a heartbreaker. They uh, we, we have all of them over here, all these matches on, so I switched over to the end of that one. I mean, it was just brutal, absolutely brutal for Kidderminster. I think I think they deserved to win that yesterday. Unfortunately, they did not. Uh, I will also give uh, Frank Lampard a shout. Uh, his Everton side uh, looked okay um, for how talentless they are. Uh, they scored four <laughs> goals, so uh, it's, you know pretty decent. Brentford's a hard team to play against. We all know that. Um, the, I think the match of the day yesterday though was Southampton Coventry. If you guys had a chance to watch that, it was as end to end as I've seen a game in a long fucking time. Like it was Coventry throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Southampton. Hopefully Barosia is okay after I think got a little knee knock yesterday, but that was a, uh, that was a fascinating game to watch. And uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, I won't lie. I was rooting for Coventry. (laughs) Did I I see correctly that um, it's sort of in, in the sort of the lineups Did Coventry had Ian Matson playing on the left wing rather Mm -hmm. than a, a wing back. Yeah, they they switched it up yesterday a little bit, and then they went through as many permutations of a of a formation as Chelsea did during the match. They started subbing on, like they subbed on like three forwards at the end, and none of them could score. It was it was a shame. They had three clear cut chances within the final four minutes to level the game and send it to penalties. So just a real disappointment for them. But yeah, it was a, it was kind of a fun. Well, uh, other than our match, which is terrible, it was a fun weekend. Uh, you also have Leicester City currently, at time of recording, losing to Nottingham <sighs> Forest 3-1 at the moment. Uh, with one other match fire. remaining. Yeah, it's uh, quite quite unfortunate for them. Uh, our, uh, our competition, though, in the next round has been drawn. It's going to be Luton 
Luton away. Chelsea going away in the fifth round of the FA Cup. Uh, Nick is pumping his fist here in excitement. It's a great draw. We, we've had three great draws so far in this competition, which means the pain train's coming. We'll get City in the next round or something. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Clayton, you have to be pleased with that, right? I think this will be a really tough game. I really do. I mean, I, yes, okay, you're, you're, you know, we've, we've gone from Division 2 to Division 1 to Championship, but I think this will be a tough game. Uh, it's a very, very small little ground. Uh, I think it's a long time since we've had to play uh, a game like this, and I think this will be they'll be all over us, and and they're, and they're all all the ties in this round the midweek. So under the floodlights, yeah, I obviously, obviously we should win, but then again we should have buried Plymouth yesterday. Uh, other draws of note: uh, Crystal Palace playing Stoke, Petersborough, Man City, uh, Liverpool versus Norwich. Southampton versus West Ham, Middlesbrough versus Tottenham, uh, Nottingham most likely, but it could be Leicester with the comeback versus Huddersfield, and then Everton versus Bournemouth or Boreham Wood. So uh, avoided a Premier League team, which is the best you can hope for in the fifth round. Congratulations, Norwich, on your victory. Now you get to go get slain by Liverpool. Congrats. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, that will do it for this one. I think we have, uh, you know, adjudicated ourselves we have made it through we've excised the demons of this match and uh we can go forward into midweek on and watch chelsea uh get the club world cup in hand but uh clayton it was so wonderful to have you back and to uh talk through this uh, little talk therapy that required of this match yeah no it's it's absolutely brilliant to be back guys it's great to see you um and uh, i hope to see you again soon even in person maybe hopefully Fingers crossed that uh, the world and uh, our schedules can help make that happen, hopefully before the end of the season. But we will keep you, obviously, apprised of that. Nick, thanks for showing up. I'm like Brandon Busby, who, uh, I don't know, is probably getting sunburned right now. So, uh, you know, that, that's and how that goes. The sun uh, is, a, is a whole thing those people in the north don't understand. It's, it's bright. <laughs> it can singe the skin. It's, uh, it's pretty crazy. All right, well, we're hoping that he's uh, having fun and staying safe. But uh, we hope that you enjoy this one, listeners. We'll be back with many, many more pods this week. So we appreciate you, as always, for the best part of what we do. Hope you're staying safe and well. But until next time, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high. Peace.